welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Sammy is interviewing a really outstanding young couple. They're from the South in America, and you'll notice it in their accents. They're adorable. And that's Lena and Jario Vincent's Gavin. That's a hyphenated double last name. And they get into a lot in this episode. I, I had the chance of listening to it already, and I loved it. Um, they talk about relationships and how to you know navigate husband and wife relationships, but they really get into some really wonderful stuff about the husband and wife kind of sexual dynamic and how that plays out when... Anyway, just listen to it. Listen till the very end. I, I challenge you to really listen to it and take notes because they, they're not a common couple. They're an extraordinary couple. So I hope you enjoy it. It's it's a podcast like we've not had yet, and it's very enlightening and inspiring. So please welcome Lena and Jario Vincent's Gavin. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We have a super exciting episode for you guys today. Every episode is exciting, isn't it? But this one particularly, I'm I'm really happy to be able to interviewing this amazing couple that we're here with today. Uh, just a reminder, this is the Love, Life, and Legacy podcast where we talk about sex, and we're here to help you navigate this crazy world in the world in regarding the area of sexuality and everything to do with sex that's tried, tested, and true. And so we have a really special couple here today, and particularly that's close to my heart, and because we work together. They're part of the High Noon organization, so you can guarantee that they're just top shelf stellar. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're going to really dive deep into um, what makes them tick and why they're so awesome. But let's start with just like uh, some preliminary introductions so people get an idea of who we're talking with. So we've got Lena and Jerio, Jerio and Lena, Vincent Gavin. <laughs> Hi, how you guys doing? Hey, Sammy. Hey, doing good, doing good. Glad to be here. Yes, exciting. Right. <laughs> Let's start with uh, just a simple, what can we celebrate with you guys today? What's going on? Just simple thing, something. What's going on great in your life? We have two wonderful kids. <laughs> mm. uh, they're eight and five and slowly getting into routines, you know, after this crazy year. So just grateful for even just the stresses or different things this year when, you know, they just make you smile and say sweet things. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been kind of a reset uh, uh, for a lot of things uh, just with the pause that started and uh, and just reprioritizing our time with our kids and uh, where we were placing our work. And uh, so we're really excited in many ways for uh, the next chapter and, and what what's being unveiled to us uh, in this journey. Yeah. And the weather. It's getting nice <laughs> and cool, which means 60 degrees. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The impeding fall and winter, it, it's a doomsday for a lot of people. But you guys, where you guys happen to be, which is which is where? <laughs> Mobile, Alabama. Right. Okay. Yeah. That part of the world, I'm sure this is maybe one of the nicest times of the year. Yes. This is mm. great. <laughs> mm. So um, why don't you just you, you start with like a little introduction about yourselves and and everyone's wondering like, all right, so we got this cu this couple and. You know, why are they so cool? Why do we want to listen to what they have to say? And I promise you, we'll get into that. But let's start with, you know, the the nice basics to know about you guys. 
Yeah. So we're uh yeah, we've been married now, blessed for 13 years. 13 mm-hmm. years. Um, so we've got a few years learning about each other, uh, discovering many things. We've got two amazing kids, uh, as Aglina already said, and we're blessed to be their parents. We do our best. Uh, we learn a lot every day. We fall short, uh, but we also find strength and find uh, wisdom we didn't know we had uh, dealing with those kids. And we've grown so much as parents and also as pastors. And that's our big passion, uh, just being involved in people's lives from youth ministry to adult ministry and parents and marriage and uh, song laws and verse, you know, just being a part of people's lives and seeing how people are needing uh, others and needing support and being involved in those experiences. That's kind of our life is just being on call for jumping into life, uh, mm-hmm. crazy moments and happy, exciting moments and all that fun stuff in between. Yeah. And school of love, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I, I this kind of is hard of just like being ready to jump into life. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of what has pulled you into all the, the things that you're doing. So ministries one, yes, school of you guys, ladies and gentlemen, these are the directors of Finding <laughs> Families and the School of Love project. They're responsible for helping parents to have go to really honest and ongoing conversations with their children about sexuality, about purity, and they're doing a phenomenal job. And anything else that you guys are doing? Um, well, we kind of started uh, this face or website, Pastors JNL, recently. It's more of a personal page and creating some resources, faith resources for families as well. And I used to, I studied elementary ed, so that's my background. I've taught before, um, mainly kindergarten, and Jerry was great with kids as well. He did youth ministry. We did that mm-hmm. together, and he's a youth pastor for several years before getting into pastoring. That's where we met you, Sammy. Uh, that's Kip right. Hartland, yeah. Right. Many, <laughs> many years ago. That was still <laughs> one of the best workshops I think I've ever been in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think really um, important detail about you guys are in ministry as pastors, but not just you became pastors of a church. You're planting. Uh, is that is that right? You guys are in. Yeah. Um, that's well, we have church, planted. Right? We could huh? share. Yeah. Yeah. No, we. Um, yeah, it was, it was while we uh, we did youth ministry for a while. And then one year we were called as a couple to step up and become the senior pastors. Uh, for the Chicago church in America. Um, and after a few years, we uh, we ventured off to do a church plan. And uh, and that's kind of starting from scratch, starting from the ground up. We, uh, we did a church plan to kind of find out new ways to express unificationism and reach out. And actually we started, the place we started was in a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't find any great places, but there's this awesome brewery. Well, dining room in the brewery, right? Yeah, but uh-huh. uh, that was, was kind of cool, um, just trying out things that were kind of unusual to do for church, but trying to get into the places where people do life um, mm. and then bring them to new life. You literally wanted to put uh, new wine in new wineskins, I suppose, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine always was, if you don't get the spirits during service, you can get one after. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it's some bread. <laughs> some That's, right. 
Um, yeah, that was really exciting and kind of a new, interesting time in our lives. Part of why we uh, made that change pastoring a big church to smaller one, there's a lot going on, but also personally, we were caregiving from both my parents actually at the time and also had Morel. She was little, our oldest one. Um, I was adopted, so my parents are a lot older than usual and anyway, so that was a big part of our life as well, just caregiving for them as they dealt with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So what was interesting is um, that little church ended up in a sense like being a community and being there for us in a lot more ways than we ever expected. So that was pretty, that was a neat, right? A neat yeah, part that of was it. a beautiful mm. part of that. Mm. Like we created this little community, but then I guess got a lot in return as well. Mm. Just people, you know, being there for us or watching our kids or so that was really special. And during yeah. that time, I was pregnant with our second one. I didn't want to keep teaching. I was teaching full time. He was caregiving for my parents and we're doing a little church, but I didn't want to go back to teaching uh, with the second one. So I offered to go back to work, <laughs> but she said, oh no, you're not leaving me at home with two kids. <laughs> so, so we ended up starting a business. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. We're like, oh, we're just having another kid. Let's start a business. <laughs> well, we got inspired somewhere. And basically, we started an indoor play place in Chicago suburb. Um, and that was super neat because we just got super engaged in our local town. We met so many awesome people. And it's just nice to be a service to community and um, be a part of people's lives, you know, birthday parties and different things. But um yeah so we did that for a couple of years along with the church but then in that time also my parents had both passed away um and I guess one chapter was closing and a new one was opening that we didn't even know about <laughs> mm. uh and that's something that I, I guess I've we're quite adventurous and I've always felt that we always follow where we feel we're being led or where God's calling us and it just felt like a time for a change right and, yeah yeah and uh and we just kind of felt called we were doing the business we were doing our church plant um but also her mom had passed and so we felt like we need to go somewhere and do something different and we wanted to be more involved in ministry uh more and more of our families were actually moving uh for the next stages in their life so we uh yeah we made a phone call to a friend and found out they were still looking for a pastor down south in mobile alabama a place we've mm -hmm. never been to uh barely ever heard of <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's how we how we got down here we visited mm -hmm. met the community just loved them mm -hmm. and it was just it just felt very right very natural um and we've it's been so good for us we've been here three years now and it's just been a blessing and um i feel it's been a time and space also where we could pause slow down a little bit I mean that's just the life down here um mm -hmm. but also yeah you know we went through a lot with my parents and different things even our own faith had its ups and downs at different times so it was such a great place to just um I don't know I guess feel but also just feel be filled with love a place so to raise people. our kids I mean yeah. that's a huge passion for us I, I the thing that got me about this community I was looking over different um different communities were trying to look for pastors. Uh, but this one, they had this video and it was like three minute video just showing the families. And I remember just the last scene, you know, 
that was a grandpa just spinning around his grandson in the front of the church. And I thought, you know, this church is leading with their emphasis on family. And that's the kind of place I want to pastor. That's the place I want my kids to be a part of a community. Um, I I mean, family is is crucial and, and the environment we place our kids in and, uh, you know, the things we can feed our kids and guide them with is, is really maybe the most important thing we can do as parents. So mm-hmm. we, uh, this was the place to raise our kids. Wow. That's our whole story. Wow. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I think it just goes to show why we wanted you. You are a super couple. I mean, it's like how many people can do all those things that you just described have uh, at the same time, taking care of your parents, very difficult and having babies and working and mm-hmm. take care of other, you know, already so many things going on in your life. You're like, no, no, no we're not going to stop that. We're going to take on <laughs> other people's problems and, and the things they've got going on in their lives and, and help them mm-hmm. too. And, uh, start, <laughs> and a key Word, one of the key words I kept hearing again and again, everything you just said was we are, and it just goes to show the, mm-hmm. like the togetherness that you have in everything that you do. Right. And, and that is remarkable. There's no like, yeah, I was doing this. And then she was doing that at the time. It, everything you did, you did together, which is, Aww. I mean, it's like really hard to do. Everyone wants to see that, you know, their mom and their dad holding hands in the park and just being in love with each other and, and just want to do everything together. Yeah. yeah, I feel really blessed because I'm I'm more the one that's like, I guess you can say the dependent person. <laughs> like he likes, he would love to just go on an hour long walk, right? Whereas I'm I'm the one that always wants to just be with people. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm glad you want to be with me most of, <laughs> almost mm. all day, every day working together. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um. But it's also something I feel like we wanted to convey to our kids and and also as a church, like one thing we've, since we started ministry was always like, we pastor as a couple uh, because hey, we're a family church. Marriage is the most important thing. The blessing is our highest value. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to model that, you know, it didn't want to be like, you know, men are just doing something or women are just doing something, but no couples and, and we have our strengths and our weaknesses, and, and but we work together and I, I think we're just really adamant to show that uh, model to the rest of the world. Mm. Wow. I think um, everyone listening, they hear what you guys share and they absolutely think, wow, that's exactly what I want. That kind of relationship. <laughs> right. And so that's what, you know, that's what, I guess that's what we can offer people. We'll dive into what makes you guys tick and, and how you create the relationship that you have. Um, but I did want to, I was curious about, I want to follow up with one thing before we dive into that. It's like, you guys, you know, really are a great relationship together. Sounds like you love your kids a lot. You have such a fantastic relationship with your children. You could just have, you know, built a nice family and I'm sure been very happy, like, and and being a part of a community. And I'm just really, I'm, I'm itching to know, like, what is it that is, is dry, that drives you to again and again, just expand beyond yourselves and really be a givers to your community rather than just a part of it I think um it's hard to say like I feel like it is so much just a part of who we are and you know we all have different like callings in life and passions and ways we you know bring joy to others or use our talents and uh, yeah I guess we we truly enjoy it like we just we also enjoy, I don't want to say the thrill, but honestly, ministering is a little bit almost like a small business. Like it's, it's a lot of work and 
um, just seeing where it can go, where it could be, and seeing all that potential that could be there, I think is like also drives us a lot. Um, for me, my parents were definitely a big inspiration. They always did a mission together, and my dad um, started the church in France, the Unification Church in France, and he mm -hmm. planted seven churches there in four years. Um, well, seven years, I guess, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that was always like an inspiration to me and um, something that I guess I inherited or also want to continue for them in a sense, like what they started. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think we're both very blessed that our parents both had healthy relationships. Um, you know, I, I definitely had my ups and downs, my rebellious uh, time in my junior high and high school times, but I felt like um, through it all, I, I did receive a lot of love from my parents. And and so I wanted to pursue that myself. And one of the things that was very heartbreaking, I guess, when we were doing youth ministry was finding out the reality of so many of my friends and the kids I was working with, um, their situations, their parents' marriages or, you know, their upbringing and, uh, and just this world around us, you know, I mean, I, it drives me crazy. It breaks my heart to see friends that I grew up with that have brokenness in their life that, um, you know, don't feel like they have a place to land. They don't feel like they have someone that could help them through a difficult situation or, you know, they hear stories of someone getting a divorce. And, and the first time you hear about it is when they're signing the papers and you're mm -hmm. like, wow, I wish you would have had a community, a place, someone that you could have talked to uh, before you felt like there was nothing left. You know, I, mm -hmm. I wish some of these kids that, you know, can't get out of drug addiction or, you know, can't get out of whatever pain and uh, mm -hmm. mistakes that have happened in their life. And they don't feel like there's a place to grow. I, it breaks my heart that they don't feel like they have that. And so for us, we really wanted to create that kind of community. I remember early on, like we were talking with one of our someone that was helping out at, at camp and she said, you know, I, I really like what you, you guys have. It's just too bad. I'll never have it. Mm. And I was like, man, I, it just broke me. Like that people don't feel like they can have the grace of God and that love and, and be rebuilt. And, you know, we all want true love. We want that. And I, I want that for my kids. I want that for my families, my friends. Uh, but the pathway there is really challenging. And so I guess we feel blessed and we feel like if we can be some part of someone getting to their heart mended, their relationships fixed, finding a way that there can be hope for marriage, for true love, that it's a reality, that an option for all of us, then we want to be a part of that. Yeah. And it, it's such wow. like an honor to, you know, to get to be the one of the first people when a baby is born before COVID, right? And to go and pray over their baby or preside over marriages or things like that. I mean, that's just such an honor to be able to be a part of that in people's lives. Mm. Wow. That's so beautiful. I, we could end with that and, and <laughs> call it. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that. that uh, yeah, I, I think... Often they, I, you know, when people, I think when people working hard and doing things, it, it's like we can, it becomes like a given that, yeah, that's just like how they are and what they do. So it, it's really nice to hear the heart behind your guys's life. Thank you.
So you accomplished wonderful things together and you're continuing to do things together. And so 13 years, you said, right? You've been together. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, sir. So what do you, in your experience, getting to know one another, working together, uh, in what ways do you think that being a team has allowed you to accomplish more than you would otherwise say individually? And and just the fact that you're doing it together actually has been a benefit and has, has pr- provided synergy for what you do. So yeah, um, what works for our couple? I think uh, one of the big things is, I feel like we both just have a different skill set. I, I know there's like so many times where I'm walking around the kitchen while Lena's at her computer and I spout out some like big dream idea. I'm like, hey, let's start this new ministry and we're going to, and it's going to do this and it's going to change people's lives like that. And and we're going to do it every Tuesday and it's going to have this and this. And she's sitting there at the computer and she's like, okay, we're going to need this many volunteers. And, and you know, and she like, <laughs> I like, this is how it's going to work, you know, and then she's like, this is the emails we have to prepare. And she organizes all of my crazy thoughts and <laughs> I feel like that's like the most common thing you like walk into our house and I'm like just walking around she's like slow down all right say that idea again mm. and uh and then we just riff off each other she's very creative um in in like seeing how things should look and and then I kind of like throw out some big random idea and she molds it and shapes it and makes it look pretty and nice and <laughs> digestible for other people (laughs) but you need both right like Mm. you need that the vision and the details and I think what's nice is like I feel more well-rounded together I feel like we each bring different skill sets different passions but we also have a lot of um I guess similar passions and interests for education or teaching we both enjoy writing um speaking like some different things like that. So that's also really helped our synergy to just have some um, common ground, you know, and common things are striving Mm -hmm. for, especially early in our marriage, like having something to put our hearts in together, serving a higher purpose together, something Mm -hmm. outside of just like our own life, I think has always really been good for us. Mm. Alina, you said you're the dependent one, but it sounds like to me (laughs) that without you, Jero wouldn't get anything done. The I think that's like the perfect union and of marriage of like, you know, the dreamer and the, the practical, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I imagine like every dreamer, it's like wants someone that can help them turn their dreams into reality. And then, and every like really good doer would love someone that can inspire them and give them a vision, right? And so to work mm-hmm. together, it's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's it's great, you know, too, just, you know, also bringing the masculine and the feminine in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's sometimes something that she's writing or, you know, she's trying to talk in a, to a certain audience. And I go, well, but also you got to think about the men and mm-hmm. this is how they would, or, you know, I'm writing something. And she goes, well, what about the teenage girls? Like, they're, they're responding very differently and you got to address them too. And so mm-hmm. I think often... Um, you know, that's a really great thing that whether we're preaching or writing a lesson for School of Love or, uh, you know, just in conversation that we can always kind of hit the two dynamics. Um, and I always know that that's going to be there. So I don't kind of gloss over something that's really crucial for my feminine audience as well. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point. Yeah, I, even just that regard, I, I can't imagine two better prepared people to bring those two elements. Like, Jerry, five boys, is it in your family? Six boys. Six, six boys, just, yeah, yeah really rough house, right? <laughs> Very yeah. in tune with that masculine nature. And, and Lena, like, I, I don't... I yeah. <laughs> right, but like, you have, no offense, you have one of the girliest handwritings I've ever seen. And <laughs> just very in tune. What I mean is very in tune with your femininity. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is true. <laughs> what helped, or I guess, what decisions did you make then? What conversations did you have? Or, or what happened in the beginning that set you guys on the, tra the trajectory that brought you to this place that you're in now? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we started out, we got married, we uh you know our blessing we really started with the commitment to love um mm -hmm. you know that we i could see because i i had my uh cold feet moment and i could see that she just loved me and allowed me the space that i needed to process things and that it wasn't just about me it was her commitment to god that she's going to love this train wreck of mm -hmm. a guy and help me out right and then i i was like oh, i'm going to commit to god to love this woman and so we kind of started our marriage really with the commitment we're going to make love we're going to create love here mm -hmm. um and then we we moved that into our ministry lena was already really involved with their youth ministry for a long time and we felt like our relationship isn't just going to be about me and her but how we can serve others mm -hmm. so we jumped right into that uh full force mm -hmm. just getting involved in people's lives and seeing how we could help out in the church and with mm -hmm. other kids and that we're going through what we went through a few years before and yeah it's crazy to think back to that time it feels like so long ago now you know I was still <laughs> in college and like <laughs> but yeah there's definitely things we did along the way I think also practically we always played to our strengths and were okay with it um you know like even just learning to cook Jerry already knew how to cook when we got married Honestly, my mom always cooked for me and we were married young and I still lived at home before we got married. And um, my, anyway, so I had to learn how to do that. And he's still the chef today. Mm -hmm. And just like embracing that it's okay. I used to struggle with it sometimes, especially later as we had kids like, oh, I'm not the perfect mom. You know, I don't, I don't sew. Uh, Jerry is a better cook. Anyway. I don't sew either. So we're kind of. <laughs> Out of luck there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like to just accept that God makes us all different and like we have our different strengths. And I really appreciated that, too, though, that he would, you know, help with the dishes or household things or like um, just kind of share responsibility in life. I think, you know, mm. before kids, just sharing like things around the house or um, and then with kids, even we co-parent very much and and I know it's different for everyone, but for us, it really works that way. Um, mm -hmm. I guess also both we work together. Well, and, and she had gone for her education degree and she was working in that field and she taught me a lot about that. And then I just remember also then like dealing with youth ministry, because I think we could have sat in the world of just youth, you know, her with her children's ministry and uh, and us working in youth ministry. But then I remember also that me and her kind of grew and we were counseling a lot of these youth and we were trying to talk with their parents. And often we saw this disconnect. And I just remember us seeing like 
the gains we can make with the youth, but then if their parents' marriage was out of tune or the relationship of parents and children were out, then there was only so far we could go. And so I think we moved from just like, okay, we can do kind of help with Sunday school and help with youth ministry to like, now we got to pastor and mm -hmm. work with the whole family uh, because the couples need to work on their marriages and that's going to be, you know, impacting their children's whole lives, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the kids need to work on their relationship with their parents and with their siblings. So it just was this whole thing. And, and so I think it kind of shaped us from working with children to seeing that actually uh, the best impact we can have on our kids is having healthier marriages and, and better parenting styles. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Speaking of healthy marriages, another thing that uh, I think helped us out too, of course, was learning. For me, I had to learn that if Jerry needed space, it didn't mean he's like ignoring me. You know, I had to learn how to give him space when he needed, if we had an argument or, you know, I don't know, there's a stressful situation. Of course, I'm the one that wants to just talk. Um, or hug or something and sometimes he needed a minute to process and I would get especially early on and that that's our one thing sometimes that'll still come up we're working on you know but um, mm. for me to realize to allow to give him that space if he needs to go on a walk or just like be in that men's nothing box right I can't even imagine a nothing box but <laughs> and for him learning to listen right to just listen and sometimes she just needs to talk and not solve her problems right that was like a mm. big thing like mm -hmm. i i'm like oh okay that's your problem oh yeah i got a solution and she's like no mm. I'm, I'm not looking for an answer like mm. i just need to vent or be upset about this and so appreciating that i mm. i mean i just remember like so many of our first phone calls where she'd be like oh how was your day and i'm like uh yeah i went to work and she's like okay so what did you do and i'm like I laid some sod and she's like, how did it feel? It was hot. Like I felt hot. <laughs> uh, learning those emotional things. Like she needed to hear what was exciting to me and what was making me upset. And also she was trying to coach me to ask more questions of her. Like, don't just ask how my day was, but what those conversations <laughs> felt like and and why that made me happy and and mm. what what was so great about having that cup of latte, you know, in the afternoon. Like ask those deeper questions, Sherio. <laughs> get it in your head. I don't so. remember saying it like that, <laughs> but I guess that's how you, yeah. <laughs> but it's improved a lot. Like I feel it's true. Jerry did not know how to share his feelings and he had a harder time opening up earlier mm. on. But over time, I do feel like we're also like best friends, you know, they'll say that. And I feel mm -hmm. like um, we both share quite openly and honestly in general. And mm -hmm. and I think it improves over time, too. You learn and you learn how to, you know, talk better with each other and how to share. Sometimes also I had to learn if I'm upset, I might get more passionate. We're not really a couple that yells like. Every couple has different fighting styles, I guess. Like mm -hmm. we never, we don't really do that, but sometimes I'll get a passionate tone or so, you know, I've mm -hmm. learned to just little things, learning how to uh, share your frustrations 
in you know the best way um mm. yeah those are some things that we've learned and grown together with <laughs> mm-hmm. wow the couple of things that you shared that i think are so valuable for people listening is lena the, one of the things you said was was key for your relationship early on was that you went through these emotions in, in the beginning of oh i'm not how i'm not being how i'm supposed to be right or like I don't know how to do this or do that. And so I'm not able to be the wife or be the mom that I, I think I'm supposed to be. And mm-hmm. like letting go of those things and or like feeling like what your couple is supposed to look like and allowing yourselves just to create your, your relationship as something unique. Mm-hmm. That plus everything, Jerry, what you're just talking about of like responding to one another and adapting to, you know, this is how I am. This is how you are. How can I grow? to be what you need of me right mm-hmm. that is that's like you know starting from nothing right starting from like a blank slate and then growing like a cute little plant together or a <laughs> awesome oak tree you know you're growing something together and then and and then adapting and, and working together to make it what it, it the, whatever it it can be rather than like just trying to like you know those bonsais where you like you, you type it and you try to shape it how you want it to look like right mm-hmm. you just kind of like allowed let's say you allowed God to work in your relationship to bring out the best in each of you. I think that's like huge. Thank you. I love how you're able to pull all that out. <laughs> oh, that's, it's just what, it's what I'm hearing you guys say. You guys are the, you guys are the one that did it. <laughs> no, I think it's a big thing that father always taught about like make, you have to create love, right? It, it's not mm-hmm. something you fall into. It's not something that just, you know, there's times you know, where we don't like each other, but we choose to love each other, right? And, but he really, I think, taught us, and I think that's been like a bedrock for us of like, hey, if you're not feeling it right now, figure out where, why you're disconnected. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're communicating and she's not responding, well, you're not communicating right. So figure out what's going on in that give and take. What, what would touch her heart or what space do you need to give so that she can respond? Um, and looking for that way, like, how do we make a connection here? How do we form it? Because, you know, there's going to be times where, yeah, I communicate differently. Uh, like you said, I came from six brothers. Like, we <laughs> communicate with grunts and punches. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, it was like, if we didn't tease each other, then I felt like, hey, if no one teased me today, they don't love me. Like, mm. And I found out, like, oh, if I tease her too much, she's going to think I don't like her, right? Mm-hmm. But I was trying to show affection, right? Like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. learning like oh she didn't respond to my my teasing of affection today so maybe i have to show affection in a different way but mm-hmm. but that you know that love is something we do love is something we create some mm-hmm. something that can be made on any given day like we can choose when we wake up in the morning i'm gonna make mm-hmm. a connection i'm gonna figure this out and even if i'm mad or i got a bad night's sleep by the end of the day we can figure this out so how about what are some of the things you've got going on in your relationship now that are helping you guys, I don't know, habits or agreements that you've made? Yeah, I think one big thing has been conversations at night. Mm. You know, I'm totally like, hey, I, I get the kids to bed. I watch a show. I can go straight to bed. Like, I'm cool, right? I, I, You know, I'll go for my walk. I'll talk with God. And I'll feel like, oh, I got everything off my chest. I'm good to go to bed. Um, and But she wants to sit and share. and. And I remember, like, sometimes I'd be like, you know, we spent the whole day together. Like, I know what you went through. I, 
I, I know what she ate for lunch and for dinner. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I overheard that conversation you had, so I already know. But there was just a need to connect. It wasn't so much about like downloading information, which is how I saw it often at, mm-hmm. in our early age. Um, but it was about connecting and being heard and understood. And so mm-hmm. at night, we do make it a point, you know, before I, you know, take my like downtime or after it, but I, I got to choose, I got to make it a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to sit with Layla and we're going to express our feelings and I'm going to share about my day in more than two words. And, uh, and so I think that's been a big thing is learning to connect on that. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot because you know when you're a young couple, I was about to say young couple in love, but we're still in love. <laughs> like one of these before kids, basically before kids. You can still have love after kids. <laughs> no, I I was gonna say before kids. I remember we would often just talk late into the night in our bed, right? Mm-hmm. But now half the time the kids fall asleep in our bed, and like mm-hmm. so, yeah. For me, it means a lot, or it's important to have. Um, just share about our day, like Jerry said, on the couch. Or, and also for me, even though we're together, it's like, well, if we're working on, I guess one struggle we have of working together all the time is sometimes we'll like go on a date and we'll be like, okay, let's not talk about anything work really. <laughs> and then we're like, well, what do we talk about? It's like our life, right? So um, trying, I guess that's where the evening conversations for me, it's, it's different from the day where we're like brainstorming ideas or making plans or, you know, organizing things. And it's more of a, how are you? How are you doing? Where are you at? Right. Kind of thing. What'd you experience today? Mm. And of course, um, learning each other's love languages, you know, of course Mm. that's, that's a big one. And um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think another thing, uh, because our our couple and our family are related, like our kids are, big part of this right and mm. so we're go 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 we have you know we're we're writing school of love and in this time and then we're trying to fit a ministry and then we've got this meeting here um in some weeks we can get to swamp like every day and the kids come home and we but we you know we make sure we have dinner together uh mm. you know we always sit down uh and have dinner and then uh I, we're very quick to jump at the opportunity of downtime and we're like Mm. it's Tuesday afternoon but I know I don't have anything going on we're all going to the beach and we're just going to hang out (laughs) and do whatever like Mm. or we're going to go find new parks like uh, yeah something we always hear from people is like wow you guys always find so many new parks like where do you find Mm. even from natives here they're like Mm. you know but we I think we make it a conscious effort like when we get time we're just going to like love up our kid we're going to love up each mm-hmm. other we're going to go and spend that time together yeah we work hard we get busy often we work our weekends. weekends aren't always our weekends mm-hmm. you know i could mm-hmm. spend sunday after church counseling someone till three um mm-hmm. so when we get that time um you know and sometimes we felt guilty mate oh we, we can't just like lounge around and, but we really made an effort to like spoil our kids with love you know we don't we don't have loads of money. We don't have loads of all this other stuff, mm-hmm. but hey, we're going to go and we're just going to play games. We're going to be silly at the beach or at the park mm-hmm. and uh, and just load up on that time. And I think that's been a big choice of ours for just ministry in general. Like we don't want 
our kids or our marriage to feel like it's sacrificed in order to do church work. Uh, because I, I think part of my, my calling from God is, is to love my family, love my wife, love my kids. And mm. how can I be talking to other people about their marriages and their families if I'm mm. not really making a deliberate effort to invest mm. in that? So mm. I love that last point you just shared. Basically, you know, work hard and play hard, right? And mm. first making sure that you're loving life and then helping other people love their lives. <laughs> Yeah, fun I get fun fact for everybody listening that might be confused. Yeah, Alabama is actually a, on the coast. It has an ocean, right? <laughs> it does. It's beautiful, the Gulf Coast. <laughs> mm. You know, the, the comment you made, Lena, about children and, you know, this nice late night conversations you used to have. I guess the, the challenges of, you know, working on your couple when they're children. I don't think I would have fully understood that until me and my wife had children of our own yeah it's becomes mm. a, it can become a strain and and like you know you can't do things the way you did prior right and and you know we up until we had children we were together for like eight, maybe eight years by that point and we said very confidently every year oh this year was way better you know we're more in love than last year and it was better than last year. We're closer. We said that every year until we had kids when, when we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I think we could just kind of barely scrape by this time. <laughs> right. That's it's so it's different, right? You can't really compare them anymore. Yeah. The different stages of your relationship and the different milestones that you go through together. And I think that's a big part of it too. Just like, you have all these shared experiences together and um, the good, but also the hardships that you go together, I think bring you closer. And yeah, one thing we've learned more recently is also just making time for friends, I think has been important as well. Like Mm -hmm. make like, I guess it's what you shared about having play hard, have fun with our own kids, but also making sure that because we tend to, you know, uh, serve a lot of, or like help people all the time so also making room for like okay we can just hang out and have fun and be with mm. our friends right that mm. that's been real nice and uh, one other thing I thought of was finding I guess what makes each other tick is that the right term <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. for me for me this is not you're probably gonna laugh like Jerio um having an organized clean house makes me tick like Mm. I need that in my life to function and so Uh, like mm. um (laughs) I am exactly the same way my wife is my wife is completely opposite she could not care less right yeah so when Jerio takes an hour (laughs) (laughs) if he takes an hour right to help me reorganize a mudroom or clear out a you know shed or whatever it is like then that means a lot to me. And I guess they say happier wife, happier life, right? But mm-hmm. so also making efforts and finding out what makes the other person happy that might take a little more effort on your part because it doesn't necessarily mean that much to you. Um, but just like, yeah. What makes Jerio tick then? Coffee. <laughs> no. um, what else, honey? A quiet kitchen to cook in. <laughs> I, I need my space. I, I'm with people all the time uh, and talk with people a lot. And I definitely, you know, Lena will be like, oh, yeah, he's such an extrovert. He likes to be around people all the time. But I definitely also like, uh, you know, to just be me in the frying pan 
and of and on and just mm. things I can control that don't have any weird stuff that happen with them. <laughs> but, uh, well, people, you know, things happen with people. You don't expect <laughs> my, my food. It's I know what I'm doing. And if only you could cook people, then that'd make life so much better. Add <laughs> <laughs> a little season. <laughs> What are some, this is an aside, what are some things you like to cook, Jerio? Oh, um, I mean, everything, I, I'm more, uh, I don't like to follow recipes. I like to look mm-hmm. in my fridge and just kind of come up with mm-hmm. new ways of putting things together. Uh, but I do love to make my mom stroganoff uh, with the mushroom cream sauce on pasta. Mm-hmm. I love to make that. Uh, I love to make my cabbage and potato with mm-hmm. kielbasa sausage and but uh i love mexican and mm-hmm. and all, i've been trying a lot of indian and, and asian food recently which is totally outside of my comfort zone but i figured it out i think now uh, which is mm-hmm. fun uh, so mm-hmm. yeah i like this experiment and but the frustrating thing is my kids don't <laughs> i make like the most amazing meal I'll make like some big roast and it'll like, mm-hmm. I'll be in there for like four hours with this great thing. And they'll be like, can you put in some chicken tenders? I don't really like this. <laughs> and I'll, I want to see you smile when you eat my food. I actually learned a little bit more right now, just how holy his cooking is. Because <laughs> mm. um, I've noticed he doesn't multitask as well when he's cooking. <laughs> All right. So Lena, you did mention um already one thing but i was curious about you know your guys relationship it's sounds all rosy and perfect all the time which i'm sure is not actually the case and and like in any relationship there are challenges but especially when working together i'm sure there are many things that come up uh so what are some of the challenges that you guys face in you know working together yeah i mean i guess because we're just together all the time and like honestly we're still figuring out like how to I always think, oh, I'm going to figure out the perfect new plan or organizational chart or calendar, you know, ooh, let's try block scheduling or let's try this or that. And I always think like, ooh, you know, once I find the perfect method, our, our day will just be so smooth and life will be perfect. <laughs> mm. So we're honestly still learning and always trying different things. Like you would think we would have been experts with this whole quarantine, be at home, like, because we're already working that way anyway for the most part we're at home sometimes at church but um but still like you know challenges will come and so I think a big part of it is just that we're together a lot which is Mm -hmm. actually what I really enjoy and appreciate you know Mm -hmm. um but then sometimes being able to give each other space like Jerry needs or doing other things outside the house like we share being outside or um yeah and then um like i think what works really well is when we're in the same project together and we're really excited about creating something uh but sometimes she gets really excited about something she's creating and i'll like run over and i'll be like hey let me share this idea with you i'm really excited and she'll be like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh okay (laughs) and i'm like what you don't love my idea like what's going on you know um and it happens the other way too all the time and she'll say, hey, you know, I have another question. I have another question. And I'm like, I'm doing my own thing. And I think that, yeah, sometimes it's like making the space 
for each other to work, but then also because um, we're always sharing ideas with each other, giving full attention when something really excites the other one, like mm. finding that out being like, oh, wait, this is a time that Lena's really excited about this idea. So I should put mm. my computer away. I should listen mm. to her. Because um, mm. we've always got ideas. And mm. so we can always be like, oh, okay, well, it's just another one of your ideas. Mm. Um, so yeah, distinguishing a passionate mm. idea versus another idea. Mm. <laughs> wow. So like, yeah, being together is great all the time, but making the intentional effort to not take that for granted and you know, take the other person as granted and just let that be normal and just how it always is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think one of our, I, I don't know if I'd say struggles, but we haven't mastered date nights, I would say. That's mm. something we, I would like to prioritize more. Now that our kids are back in school, what we've done before is lunch dates. It's just, you know, if they're in school, it's very mm. easy. <laughs> Um, but that's something, yeah, I think we're, you know, working on, I guess, just that time together. Additionally, that's more just around your marriage and each other mm -hmm. um, outside of like work or your kids. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're working on. And I'm glad you asked that question, because sometimes I think people see us and assume like, oh, everything's so easy. It just works for them or they're always happy. And, you know, Jerio has a great smile. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true, like, you know, we are human just like anyone, and it hasn't always been easy. And we've definitely had our ups and downs and our challenges. And uh, I would say our hardest times are weren't necessarily caused by us, but more like just situations in life, even that come at you out of nowhere that that you go through together and that'll, you know, spur you to be more stressed or less patient or little things like that so just figuring out how to go through that together and you know give each other what what the other person needs during that time um but then when you get through it together then you grow closer and you you know grow a deeper bond and so yeah, yeah we were getting stressed out by other people's needs or other people's priorities that they would voice on us and say hey this is your and I think one thing we've, during this COVID time, I actually, well, this year has just been a time of like, what is it that excites us? And that's where we want to be. And, you know, we could do a bunch of stuff. Yes. I'm always like, Lena, you're really capable at a lot of things, or even she's getting coaching. And, and so, you know, you're, you're someone that can be great at so many things, but where are you excellent? You know? And I think that, that was something we had to figure out of like, there's a lot of things we could kind of put our time in and even do a really good job, uh, but deciding where is it that we're making the most impact that, you know, that really calls to our heart and things that we're excited about. And yeah, I mean, I guess all those have really come to like helping the family and putting away stuff that isn't about that and, and being comfortable and not guilty about saying no. Mm -hmm. um, the other things if you ever figure out that date night thing let us know we could use some <laughs> tips in that area too <laughs> yeah actually one thing that might work especially because y'all don't have family and or you do have family in the area no but no. um no you no. don't okay yeah 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 so just like us one thing we've thought of and we should try is like swapping babysitting with our friends who have kids you know mm -hmm. like 
we'll watch your kids along with ours, of course, you know, so you can go on a date and let's swap and you do that mm. another time. Like, I think that's something that we'd like to try mm. to. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I like it. And it seems like a sustainable thing that can work and everybody's happy with it. So uh, this would not be the Love, Life, and Legacy podcast if we did not talk about sex. Are you, re- <laughs> you ready to jump into it? I have, I have some questions. About the reason we talk about sex, just for context for everybody, is that we feel it's so foundational to everything else, right? And then like, especially in marriage, I'd like to have the kind of relationship that we want, to have the kind of relationship that you guys have, have shared with us and described for us. It's like, it's like what we believe is like sex is integral to that, right? So- yeah, that's why I like to talk about it. And and so I'm curious if you've recognized any ways in which sex has contributed to your relationship. And, and if you see any correlation between, you know, when it's going well in the bedroom and, or, or if it's not going well in the bedroom and it's affecting the other parts of your life, especially relationship with one another. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it kind of goes back a little to the beginning of our story um, because we, you know, chose to also wait for sex and marriage. So I think that's all very connected to this. So we've also only, you know, been with each other, which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, but for me growing up and like, you know, saving yourself is not like the easiest thing. So, I mean, I was excited and ready personally. Uh, <laughs> once we got together and, you know, we waited until we felt the time was right. But so I, one of my main love languages is touch. So it, I think to me, although I know Jerio enjoys it, like I think for me especially, I feel a lot of connection um, and, you know, just like cared for and loved through being intimate. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it is a huge part. And I sometimes it's true that you can feel off in other areas if you're not feeling together and not um sexually but i would say we we do pretty well in that area <laughs> <laughs> is that a was that a little humble brag for <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely i i definitely notice a connection lag if if we aren't um there's you know just little things i think she'll get more uh annoyed with little things I do if if we have not mm. if we haven't had sex in a bit, right? Mm. Um so like we've had a lot of long calls recently. We had the election and a lot of yeah. long calls. So this afternoon the kids were at school <laughs> and uh I was like we need to make the connection. Um so I yeah I mean it and and yeah and and we just felt more relaxed and happy and we're like all right yeah and yeah just processing emotions we We've never had like angry or makeup sex. We Actually, it's funny. Process things first. When we've like been in fights, I've been like, man, I wish we were one of those like angry makeup sex people or couples. Like, we've never been able to do that. But so I guess we always do it in love. But <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to get one of those couples on. I I don't know. Is that real? Or is that just in the movies? I guess it could be movies I don't know I don't I'm not that open like I I don't know I haven't asked my friend <laughs> but it's definitely different yeah I mean like yeah there's the connection after but if I'm not connected to you before mm-hmm. like if we're not like vibing 
then yeah, it could feel like a chore or just feel like like it's not the same excitement. And I think it has been important for us to mm-hmm. channel our feelings, connect with each other before we also uh, engage. Yeah. I think it's definitely a huge part of the relationship. And uh, it's been like, you know, we've been married a while now and people often talk about, you know, growing out of love and like losing connection over the years and that marriage gets boring. Um, But I feel like we've just grown together more and, you know, you grow more in love with, with each other in different ways or when you see the other person accomplish something new or um, but also like physically in your relationship, you get to know each other really well. The more you're together, the more you learn what the other person likes. And um, so you, it, I think it, it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, the physical and emotional, but then I mean, cause I do think that is so tied in it. I think sex isn't just this physical thing. I think there is so much to the trust, the bond, the, connection appreciation of each other that goes into it um that is felt um but i think yeah also just now knowing like how to please her early on like you know i mean we never i don't think we've ever had a problem with orgasm um you know it's always been i think because part of it has been like and we've learned better how to do that but like meet the other person's needs first I mean, it was just mm-hmm. like, hey, it, she could have, you know, many. So I might as well make sure she has one first and then and then we're good to go. Right. And then mm-hmm. I don't feel bad if I if I go in 30 seconds. Ooh, hey, <laughs> we already did it. <laughs> uh, but I don't feel any guilt. You know, I mean, I last longer, some, but, you know, but um, I think that's been a big thing. Like, I guess because of how we respect each other normally, it also goes into the bed. She wants to please me. She she's always like, does that feel good? Does that feel so? Um, there is this like communication and and now yeah, more naturally now we've been married for thirteen years. So I'm like, I know. But you know, even know after thirteen years, sometimes you can find new ways. <laughs> <laughs> I I think yeah, what you guys have shared, it's it's like you know, through your sexual relationship, it's just another avenue for you to express your care for the other person right which mm-hmm. i mean it's just like everything that you've been talking about this whole time is about like you know how can you be a giver in your relationship with one another right and yeah it makes sense that, that wouldn't be any different than this where it's just like all right you know i want to feel I'm, I'm gonna be worried about me feeling good you can worry about you feeling good and hopefully it works out right but you're like very vested in the other person hey um the you know stereotypical relationships like you know the guy's more interested in sex and then the the woman's kind of like the the kind of go alonger right people might think the same just hearing oh yeah six boys super manly man and yeah lena apparently she's super feminine but like lena something you said earlier might makes me it sounded like it, it makes you feel like it might be the other way around with you guys how how does like well how's the dynamic work in your guys' relationship yes you are correct right honey She's she's always like, we can do it three more times right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, money, I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah, I would. And, you know, that's a funny thing because honestly, I'll hear about like daddy groups or things that I don't hear what they talk about specifically, but, you know, just that they'll talk about things like that of the urges and the wife not wanting to have sex or whatever. And 
sometimes I feel so like because we are opposite to answer a question I think I do have tend to have a higher need or desire for that physical relationship and so sometimes it feels so weird because it's like I'm like oh I should be in the men's group and he should be in the women's group at the marriage <laughs> group, you know? uh, yeah it's, it's been interesting also yeah and I've found you know I've looked around and they're like you know that that's kind of a myth but it definitely like made me question sometimes I'm like I love my wife I hmm. think she's attractive but I just I, you know, I worked hard today or I did this or we, you know, I just had a great conversation. I'm totally good to go to bed and I would feel bad. Like I, I don't want to like jump on her right mm. now. Mm. Uh, I mean, I always enjoy it when we do, but it wasn't like, yeah. And, and maybe because she's so eager to have it. Like, I'm not like, oh, I wish, you know, like, oh, hopefully this week. I'm like, if I want to have sex right now, like, She'll stop what she's doing. And, <laughs> you know. I mean, there are, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. No, there's of course but, times yeah. where he'll initiate or be in the mood, and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not necessarily. It's not always mm-hmm. me, but um, yeah. And I guess I I've experienced like what's typically the guy's perspective, where sometimes there are times you take it personally and you feel. I've tried to explain it before to Jerry, where like sometimes. Um, you like feel rejected. Yeah. Like, you know, he was Mm. saying, Oh, don't feel bad. Or it's, I'm just like exhausted or whatnot. But I've experienced that where you'll take it personally, like, Oh, they don't, I don't know. You know, you feel like kind of rejected, but um, I mean, we haven't had that in a while, but, but yeah, we've experienced kind of the words are so like, like, yeah, when we were so much taking care of your parents or difficulties and things with the church, like, I think I I definitely am affected by stress sometimes. And I'm just like, hmm. I don't have the emotional. Because, yeah, I think mm-hmm. sex is an emotional thing and an emotional investment. So sometimes it's like, I don't have that capacity right now to invest that. And, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, yeah, we've had our roles, but I think we um, we also try to make that reconnection. Yeah. Um, we're, we're good, honey. We're, we're, that's one of our, yeah. our strong. Every, every, I, most every other guy that's listening would completely, a married guy will completely understand what you just said, said Lena. Don't worry. There, there's a whole tribe of people to get you. <laughs> well, I'm curious, how, you know, it seems like you're really comfortable with each other, this dynamic, but like, you know, when you hear, Jerry, when you hear other guys talk about like, you know, being the initiator and, and does that ever make you feel like, or did it in the past make you feel like, oh, I'm doing something's wrong in the Lena even like it's, you know, as like hearing other women, the way they talk about sex or in like how women are supposed to have sex. Did that ever make you feel like there's something wrong with you or made you feel uncomfortable about yourself in any way? Yeah, for me, definitely. That was a challenge, like a question in like, you know, oh, I hear people think of sex every six seconds. And I'm like, I don't. And I mean, I, there's other things on my mind. I love it, but I don't think about it every second. Um, mm. And I would, yeah, especially earlier on when I was uh, kind of not as secure in myself, I'd be like, uh, is there something wrong? Because I mean, I've got a beautiful wife and we do make great love when we have it, you know, mm-hmm. and we do it often. But um, but yeah, it'd be like, oh, should I want to have it like every 10 seconds like other people? It, it was a weird thing. Um, so it was good to find that other people, sex drives are not always male, female. It's, it's, uh, they actually, what I've been looking at is it was actually, um, most couples had one person with the higher sex drive and 
right. it's rare to find that they match in their sex drive or mm-hmm. even different stages. I think there are some stages where I think I wanted it more. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, there are times that I I think like, yeah, high drive, low drive. I I think that's just I I think it's impossible to have a couple that's exactly the same. Even even if both were really high, the gap that does exist would put a strain on the relationship. Right. Because Mm -hmm. one will want it more than the other. It's yeah, I think it's a very common part of what about you, um, Lena? It it is interesting. Like, it's just weird being the opposite of like the common or what people think it's like in a relationship you know so it's interesting knowing both perspective or like having my perspective but it tends to be the men man's perspective a lot of times mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll hear things and from a girl from a, a, a wife right and I'll be like why don't you just go have sex with him like what's the big deal <laughs> um mm-hmm. like so I don't know that's not I mean I don't like to say it like that and like because I know there's so much more to it and maybe she's not being emotionally met or and I will say that might be why also part of why I'm so comfortable is because I do feel you know secure and safe and emotionally met first but Mm. um yeah other than that I guess just in general that that concept like it just it just makes you feel a little funny or out of place that you don't fall into the typical categories or I guess don't have as many people like or women to talk to about that have similar um, mm-hmm. you know experiences at a marriage retreat at energized marriage retreat which is awesome um, I remember in the women's group I learned of one other sister who is similar to me and we just gravitated towards each other, (laughs) you know, because you can just relate. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks for answering that. And uh, it's, this kind of is good. This is one, um, you know, my next question, I get, this is like in one way, it might be the case, like, uh, but um, in the beginning, when you first got married, began having sex, what surprised you about how sex works? Maybe this is one of them. (laughs) Um, Or maybe like you're, you guys are in the, you guys in the unique position that you, happen to care for many other people so if like if there's other things that you see that people commonly uh, they have yeah. misunderstandings about sex and maybe either of those you could speak to be interesting to hear sure well um <laughs> there were definitely things I was surprised about with sex so my parents weren't so open and honest about it with me and I love them I think uh, they did a great job in parenting, but sex isn't something they talk much to me about. And I don't know how in depth they went in sex ed. And I guess my friends and I didn't talk about it so much. So I was quite oblivious, to be honest. Yeah, she she was really surprised that there's movement. <laughs> uh, her concept was we both get naked, and then I put it in her, and then that's sex. And we just <laughs> lay on each other, I think. That's what I first thought, you know, again, like I hadn't had other relationships and I, I seriously thought you just go in there and that's it. (laughs) So that's pretty, um, uh, I guess surprise too. There's so many concepts, especially, you know, for people who wait for marriage, there's so many Mm -hmm. concepts of, oh, you need to have experiences. You need to get to know what you like. Um, before, you know, finding your person, try out and learn different things. Mm -hmm. And so 
I guess, I don't know if surprised, but confirmed what I was hoping would be true, right? Is that I really didn't feel that when we got together, like at all. Um, I just felt like it was fun to learn and explore and figure it out together what it is. Mm. Um, yeah. Anything else for you? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think the first several times, like, hey, it doesn't always work the way, we, yeah, we, I mean, getting tired, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's more exhausting sometimes, you're like, how do I keep going? <laughs> <I'm out of laughs> <breath>. <laughs> like, I got to hit the treadmill uh, so I can keep up. Yeah, it's messier, you know, at first, you know, it's like, oh, you, you should have a box of tissues or or all the toilet mm-hmm. paper in the bath mm-hmm. in, in the room. Well, and it's like, oh, I, I found it in movies, they just kind of have sex and, you know, everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, no, there's stuff to clean up. Or <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Waiting for sex is awesome. And we learn and grow together. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think like Lena was saying, like, not always about that experience beforehand. I remember even we went to a conference shortly after and someone was talking about, uh, they were trying to encourage to wait before marriage. And they said, oh, a lot of your friends will tell you you have to practice sex before you're married, you know, practice and see how you work it out together. And he said, yeah, but if you just wait for your partner, then you can practice whenever you want. In marriage, you can be like, hey, that didn't work out. Let's practice again. Hey, let's <laughs> practice again. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of practice and figured out uh, what pleases her, what pleases me. Uh, and like she said, I mean, still at 13 years, we explore, we try out each other. We uh, you know, tickle a little bit this way or that way, or mm-hmm. uh, and we, oh wow, hey, that was exciting, or oh, <laughs> that was weird. Um, <laughs> she's pretty vocal also about what what she enjoys and doesn't, mm-hmm. and I, I think you know. Um, so we, yeah, we've always been, I think, comfortable with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, learning that there's different, you know, different things. All even at different times, sometimes that changed. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I. Part of why I didn't have too many surprises is because I didn't really know what to expect. I like had no concept really so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it honestly, it was just awesome. It was great. I was excited to finally be able to consummate and <laughs> mm-hmm. be together. And I think in our first year it was, yeah. Anyway, we, mm-hmm. I remember, yeah. It was, we practiced a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oops, it didn't go well that time. I guess we just have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, that means such a thing we're strong advocates for is like the value in waiting until you're in, a, in you're married, you're blessed for sex. And mm-hmm. we're, that's a, a myth that we're constantly needing to debunk is that exactly. So you have to practice and be good at it. And it's great just to hear a real life example of how that's not the case. And from what you shared, Lena, it sounds like you're about as blank a slate as it comes to when it when it comes <laughs> to sex, right? <laughs> and and then you just made it together, right? You made it your own, your own unique thing. I think this concept of like needing to practice, it comes from this idea of like performance. It's like mm. you you know, you're not really like actually being you know genuine with one another and like opening up and building relationships it's like hey i need to like be a stud or you know per, you know perform right and to do well in the bedroom and yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like a different mindset i guess one other thing that surprised me and this is not necessarily in the beginning but 
for women, how your body changes, you know, when you have kids or I guess even maybe during PMS, but, and just that your drive changes or yeah, your desires or even the way you have sex does change a lot with kids. And I know, especially when women are pregnant or just had a baby, I know that sometimes that's a really hard time for a couple. So I think having learned to just, just learn about that and what, you know, what hormones and what things are going on and not take it personally when, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the women's bodies do crazy things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and then after, right, then when we have kids, then that you changes to wait too, because it'll be like, for, oh. the kids are asleep, right? You know, right. and we're like, all right, let's let's go. And <laughs> I mean, because they're in our room sometimes, so it's like, all right, I think it's deep sleep now, you know. <laughs> so, um, As a baby, a long time ago. <laughs> You know, yeah. So I mean, that's they're older now, right? Yeah, Yeah. they're older now. Now I lock the door because (laughs) they're at the age where they could be scarred. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or or you know, now that they're back in school, now it's like, oh, daytime sex works too. So Mm -hmm. um, I have to worry about anybody. Nobody (laughs) waking up, and yeah. Mm. So maybe uh, last question before we start wrapping up is in your decades um going on two decades of experience uh what do you say it actually takes to have a good sexual relationship well and with you know there's a lot of gurus and experts and you know things in magazines and random people online say but like you know you've been through the trenches you actually have walked the walk you know what you're talking about so we've some we can have something really valuable to learn from you so what, what would you have to say i wanted to say i think Starting the relationship, how we started it, um, I felt like it was really important for me to make sure uh, Lena felt like she was safe and she could trust me and there was love and care and concern. I remember like, because, you know, in our, our faith, we had this 40 day after marriage, you know, you, you're you're encouraged to take 40 days of just getting to know each other and um, and not jumping into it. Mm-hmm. And I remember after 40 days, I was like, oh, okay, we've done the 40 days. And Lena said, yeah, but I'm not ready yet. And um, <laughs> like, oh, it's, we did 21 years and now 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, I'm really glad, you know, like I, I felt like, cause I, I feel like there's a lot of um, trauma that can be hit. I mean, sex is mm-hmm. such, it's a, physical emotional spiritual explosion that happens mm. and it's the most exciting thing but it can also be a scary thing it can be you know anything that's really powerful like a nuclear power it's like it can be harnessed for good and energizing the world or it can be super destructive and mm. so starting and making sure that she felt loved and cared and like this relationship is secure and when we're having sex it's it's going to be something that I'm going to be concerned about you and how you're feeling. I feel like if you can get to that place um, and make sure that then the idea also of sex is always like this happy, exciting, like safe place versus like, Oh, we rushed into it. Or I felt like, um, yeah, just taking advantage of, or any of those kind of negative feelings of going to the bedroom can really be painful. Mm. So, um, it might even be something that people have to restart, but finding a way to make the sexual relationship 
a place of safety for both people, a place of emotional harmony and happiness so that it's, it's something that doesn't traumatize, but excites. And mm. so I think that was really important. And it's something I've seen for other people, like making sure both are ready, right? You don't just mm. stumble into it. Cause I, hey, we're passionate tonight and we're going to rip off our clothes. Like we were passionate before it, but we were like, we're not ready for that. And when we, when she felt comfortable and I felt comfortable, we made the choice, like, Hey, we're going to do And I think that was really important. Yeah. It makes me think of um, a lot of friends or just people I know in general that grew up with, you know, choosing purity, but also like whether they want to or not. And, uh, but they had a hard time once they got together in marriage because they didn't necessarily learn how to just didn't always learn how to just have a friend have friends of opposite sex before or like they would mm. feel you know guilty or like shameful of their own bodies or like what they could wear or you know being more modest or things so then when they got in their marriage I think a lot of women didn't know how to allow themselves to do that or like mm. allow themselves to be that part of discover that part of themselves that they kind of been saving right mm. and I don't know fully what it was for me, but somehow for me, that wasn't the case. Like, and that's something we strive for in School of Love to really help um, children from a young age not see sex as a bad thing, but see sex as sex is awesome. Like, you know, mm-hmm. God created it. He created us to be together as man and woman. He created us to have this explosion and this experience. So with that in mind, like, for me, it wasn't, it was a very natural, exciting uh, thing to look forward to and be excited about. So yeah, I think that that's pretty huge also just in how we're raising our kids and the next generation and just really thinking about the awesomeness of sex. I think it should be talked about more, which you guys are like, the kings and kings of, <laughs> you guys are doing that with High Noon. Um, and I appreciate that. I think that's really great to be able to take this beautiful thing that God gave us and not only have it associated with negative, you know, feelings or, but with this beautiful, amazing thing. I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does it take to make a good sexual relationship? And okay. I love that so far, everything you've shared has nothing to do with you know, the, the mechanics of sex, which is what most mm-hmm. people focus on, right? But it's all, it's the foundation that's laid of having safety mm-hmm. and comfortability and trust with one another. And also the, the, the perspective or the, the context we have about sex, what's like in the background and how we feel mm-hmm. about it, how important those are. Yeah, that's like an unexplored area. If you have a lot of uncomfortable feelings about sex, it'd be very difficult to actually have a fulfilling sexual relationship. And and that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's a, what a lot of the backlash that the, you know, the absence or purity-minded approach gets is that because the way you 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 differentiated it really beautifully, like what what most people the way the approach is not actually like saving right and having this really precious thing that's awesome that you're going to give away. It, it's more like repression, right? And there's this thing mm-hmm. inside of you that's dangerous and bad, and you just got to bottle it up. And the consequence of that is, yeah, a lot of people when they finally have the a permission or you know they have the relationship to express that they, they it's uncomfortable right because it's just their the attitude mm-hmm. they've had about sex their whole life 
Well, I mean, it's a natural response because if, if you're like for 25 years, you're like, sex is sinful, it's shameful, it's dirty, like, and I'm repressing all this. And then suddenly I'm supposed to enjoy it. And you're like, oh, I just had, that was exciting. And you kind of feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. setting of shame and guilt and you got to get, get way past that because God looks at it as a beautiful thing, not a dirty thing. I mean, we're naked and, and unashamed and, mm-hmm. and we still put that shame into the sex, even even with the blessing. And and so, yeah, reversing that and bringing it back to that original mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about School of Love because I feel like we're able to help kids and teens and, you know, youth just see it in, from that new perspective, kind of God's original intention of creation, right? Um, for sex. And the other things I would say to make a good sex life is um, just to like, yeah, explore each other, have fun, like be patient. It's okay that it's not perfect every time. Like, you know, don't feel like you have to compete with, I don't even know who or what, like, because <laughs> it's just you and your spouse, right? But just like not, I guess, feeling that way and just being confident and trying things. And as a woman, especially when you go through labor and have kids, your body changes too. So I know that's one thing that can be hard and you feel unconfident. But according to Jerry, your husband <laughs> don't, don't mind that. when those changes. I'm like, oh, she just had a baby. I mean, that's beautiful. Like, that's not a growth. Like, I, I don't even understand. I'm like, hmm. I'm not comparing her to her 20 year old self. Like I see all of this beauty. Like it's it's so weird that it even crossed her mind. Cause I don't mm. think about me. I'm like, oh, I kind of got a gut and whatever. I'm like, mm. I'm a stud, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> why would she doubt how beautiful she is? Like, mm. I don't feel like she had a baby. Like she's just as hot to me today as she was Aww. 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and and it, cause it also is different, right? I mean, it's, now she's not just physically hot it's like emotionally and spiritually and you know um yeah it's, it's weird to me to even think like you would think oh i'm not as attractive because i just had a baby i'm like no mm. oh, i've been i mean i haven't years. just had a baby <laughs> <No>. but <laughs> i have but, in the past you know, after a baby yeah yeah but um yeah, yeah. so i guess it's interesting because i don't know if he mentioned like books or just like you know different ways you can learn about sex I would say the best thing is just through each other, you know, like, Mm -hmm. of course, there's books out there, resources or experts or, but the biggest expert would be your spouse or like, you know, you and your spouse. And Mm -hmm. um, so I would say focusing on that and not comparing yourself to the movie. In one sense, I say, don't compare yourself to the movies. At the same time, I've always been a firm believer of a happy ending because you know, people go through life, things happen, and it may not always work out the, the first time for some people, relationships, and life happens, things happen, but I really do believe that God does want a fairy tale ending for every person, like, I do believe everyone should have and has the capability to have that joy um, in their life, in their marriage, in their sex life, so also just believing in it and working towards it. From from the mouth of babes, just fake from or from the horse's mouth. That's what it is, right? From the actual source. <laughs> that is some tips that um, we can rely on. I can affirm. Yeah, I think everything you shared is like what it takes. 
Yeah, and, and to, to get that sex is a relational thing. It's not a just a biological thing, right? So it's not about you know the right angle, right, or the right body. You know, it's about your special connection to another person. Mm. Well, it's maybe let's wrap up with this. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any closing words with our audience? Maybe if uh, like you know, think about all the people. Li- you know, we have we have spectrum, but like a lot of I'd say the majority are single people. You know, younger who you know, they're investing themselves because they want this kind of relationship. You know, so what, what would you say to you know, the men, to the women, um, you know, the youngers in their 20s getting ready for marriage, getting ready for the blessing? What would you wish to say to them? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us. And just that God, you know, wants that for you, that you can have your love story and that it's possible 100% and that you will get there. Also to trust in God, I would say is one other big thing, one big part of our story, actually, um, just in different times, different situations, just trusting in him that he'll guide us, he'll get us through different times in our life. So yeah, just believing in that and you are beautiful, you're a child of God and um, you are loved and whether that your future spouse is still out there event you will find them and otherwise in your marriage you know there are ups and downs but um just want to encourage everyone to just know that we're all going through it together and um you're doing your best and keep going yeah (laughs) yeah and just on the path of happiness i mean we all are going to make mistakes and stumble sometimes or things that we feel are mistakes but it's just us growing and learning um we need to give ourselves a lot more space to say, hey, growth stage is about learning things. And sometimes I'm going to stumble and fall. But God's whole story is about restoration, restoring us to where he originally designed us to be. And that means even in our own lives, like that's not just a story that happened in, you know, to Moses 4,000 years ago. It's not just a story that happened to Jesus. It's not just a story that happened the true father, but it's it's actually your own life story is growing, finding God, finding out who you are, uh, learning about marriage, growing with that person. You might feel like your situation is different than others and and you know you're more messed up or whatever, but God doesn't see that. God sees you as worthy of love. Um and and you have to make that choice that you're you deserve it. And you can start working towards it right now. And so, you know, one one scripture I love is that it says, uh, God is not slow, but he's patient that everyone would return. And so whatever your journey has looked like, even if you were making progress and then you slipped up again, God is patient. <laughs> and he looks at you, he goes, hey, you, you know, you should have seen that other 7 billion people before you. They were there too, you know, like mm-hmm. you're on this journey too, but you know, I have a special story for each one of you and and that is true love. And I really honestly believe that for every one of us, that's the destination. And, and if we keep working at it, if we keep picking ourselves up, um, that God is going to bring us there and your partner is going to be there and you guys can have an awesome, amazing sex, marriage, family life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do. Thank you, Lena. Thank you, Jerry. It's, it's 
I had such a great time having this conversation. I appreciate you guys sharing so openly. How more open can you get? I have no idea, right? <laughs> um, and, and really, I'm sure people are going to get a lot from this conversation that we had. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Sammy. You. And thanks for all you do for High Noon. We've learned a lot from you too. And we've actually gotten a lot more open uh, and being able to share even about sex for us. Oh. Like you, you've taught us that. Uh, Oh yeah, you got. I'm right glad. We're both <laughs> I'm glad because you've got you've got right lots to share. You've got lots <laughs> to, to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. How is 2020 gonna go? You tell me. It depends on what you invest into 2020, and if you want to start the year out right, then I absolutely encourage you to join a High Noon Connect group. We have curricula, we have groups meeting together every week, and it's going to be moving to a semester system. That means for three months, everybody in High Noon Connect is going to be marching along towards progress hand in hand. So if you're single and you want to prepare well for marriage, or if you are married already and you want to get the most out of your marriage and be a better spouse or a better parent then please join a group. Everybody should be in a group. And if you don't sign up in December, you're going to miss the boat because we're going to close the doors in January for three months. We're going to close the doors to this semester system in January and we won't reopen until three months later. So please sign up for a group now if you want to ensure growth. You want to make growth inevitable? Then surround yourself with the right people and fill your brain with the right knowledge and take the right actions to develop the right habits and you will get exactly to where you want to be. So sign up now. Go to highnoon.org and sign up for an Ascend group. We will help you out. See you there.